Welcome to the Amplifying Leadership Podcast, where we bring you inspiring guest stories on leadership topics by sharing information, tips, and more. My name is Tara Lehman, and I'm a partner coaching consultant at Twin Life Coaching and Business Services, of which Amplifying Leadership is a division. Leaders, we are here to support you with tools, coaching, workshops, and more through our leadership services. To learn more about our leadership division and community, please visit amplifyingleadership.ca. Today, I am welcoming Andreas Cleric. Andreas is the co-founder and co-CEO of Fuse, a financial tech, uh, technology startup company. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tara. All right. I'm excited to get started and learn a little bit more about your leadership story. So how did you become a leader or, or even the co-founder of your own company? Well, I guess it, it, it starts uh, years back, right? Like we're the sum of efforts, right? So I, I, would, I would be doing a disservice to the family if I didn't really tell it from the very beginning. So I, I, was, raised in Bolivia. <laughs> I was raised in Bolivia. My family had been in the auto space uh, through multiple sources. Grand, grandpa was a race car driver. My dad has been in auto finance. My first job out of high school was selling cars. I paid for college selling cars. Uh, and then I spent 10 years on Wall Street uh, investing in tech and business services. I met my co-founder at Harvard uh, eight years ago now, and we decided to join forces over two or three years ago. We saw an opportunity um, uh, to build something in the auto lending space, so like focusing okay. on refi- refinancing car loans in the United States. Uh, we saw that there was a lot of uh, manual processes, and we thought, hey, like this, this can be done better. We uh, recruited a number of lenders. Uh, to which we were send, uh, selling them loans uh, that we were originating ourselves. And they kept asking us, hey, hey guys, uh, you're, you're pretty young and uh, as, a, as a company and like what, what you're building seems pretty interesting. Would you be interested in perhaps uh, licensing uh, that software? And little by little, that it became like a unison type of uh, voice from our customers. And we decided to kind of like transition from being a direct-to-consumer business to one that sold enterprise software to, to lenders here in the U.S., Okay. So we raised millions of dollars of capital. Um, in essence, like our customers are finance companies, credit unions, banks here in the U.S. And uh, what we do is, is it's like mini time machines, right? Like we, 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 we make it very much easier for, for borrowers uh, to mm-hmm. borrow and for lenders to lend, right? Like it, it, we've uh, automated processes that used to be uh, fairly cumbersome and like make them instant in such a way that like you can delight customers. And like Mm -hmm. the most important thing, at least from a mission perspective, is that that uh, marginal borrower gets a loan, right? Like because today, uh, some because the processes are too cumbersome, the the process of lending becomes expensive. We lower those costs. When you lower costs, that allows the the little guy and gal have the opportunity to be approved because essentially, like the, the the cost of approval has has gone down. Ah, I see. And and so, how big is your company? How many staff are you leading? We're we're a number of engineers. Uh, it's I'm the only non-engineer. I would say that okay. uh, the rest is like we have twenty plus engineers, uh, and it's it's we're a tech company, right? So mm-hmm. uh, heavily focused on product and shipping high quality solutions, and 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 we need to continuously kind of make ensure that uh, there are there are that our services are like top notch, uh, safest, and uh, the most efficient in the marketplace. Absolutely, it sounds exciting. Yeah. So 
Like all leaders and business owners, I'm sure you've had some obstacles to overcome. Would you be willing to share one or two of your leadership obstacles that came your way um, while building your business? Yeah, I mean, switching from direct to consumer to uh, business to business, uh, the format, uh, the approach and the go to market were like difficult uh, transitions. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously, when you raise venture money, that raises the bar pretty high, right? Because you need to right. communicate first and foremost to investors uh, that, that that you're going to utilize funds in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you also need to make sure uh, all the employees are equipped uh, and and empowered to kind of uh, allow you to get to the n- new kind of new harbor. Because mm-hmm. like, when you're doing direct to consumer, you will need a very different team than it's uh, B2B, right? So, yes, absolutely. Uh, direct to consumer implies less engineers, perhaps more operations. So, you need to see who's going to fit that new criteria for our organization. And last but not least, and perhaps even, even more important, if I have to kind of re rank, will be the, the founding team. The founding team needs to be convinced, have the utmost conviction that going in this new direction is the best use of the time of resources. And it's necessarily mm-hmm. uh, the path that is going to ensure the highest uh, level of success for the entire organization. Uh, it takes time. It takes months. It takes a lot of careful meditation and it's uh, pretty much fact-based, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, uh, you you need to make sure uh, the kind of like, there was John Maynard Keynes uh, as a tribute to the saying, and then when the facts change, I change my mind. So what do you do, right? So right. I, I think that we we live by that mantra as a team. Um, we, of course, we're pretty diligent about finding the facts, though, because you can find facts that are outdated. So we're trying Absolutely. to make sure that whenever we make a decision, that we inform it to the highest level of richness. But also, we don't do we don't fall in the trap of analysis paralysis too, right? But mm-hmm. that's easier to say it than done, right? Because sometimes you don't know if you've done enough analysis. Yes. <laughs> so at some point, you need to eighty twenty things. Uh, and one of the things that we thought was so useful is to putting timelines, right? Like uh, you can, if you don't put timelines for things, uh, you can always say you can perfect an analysis more. But when, once you have timelines, it creates uh, a clear set goal, like by this time, I need an answer, right? And uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that creates a lot of discipline in the team. Uh, and that helped us kind of navigate that transition. So I would say from a leadership standpoint, um, I would, of all the, of all the process, uh, uh, journeys I've had, uh, transitioning from one to another uh, was single-handedly one of the most challenging, but also most gratifying of sorts. Yeah, and and I like that you help explain it a little bit for our listeners because going from B to C to B to B is not is not a simple process. It is like you yeah. mentioned, completely different mindset, um, even how you communicate. And I like that you also brought up timelines because you're right, analysis paralysis happens in a lot of companies. But if you put mm-hmm. that timeline on it, the analysis needs to happen. I mean, we live in this crazy, fast changing world. But putting that deadline on it certainly helps us from going overboard, so to speak. So I, I love that you brought that up because that, when it comes to goals and things like that, timelines are so important and you don't get overbearing on things and you get things done. So yeah, um, let's move to the communication side of leadership. And especially when you think about going from B to C to B to B, what, what did, how did your communication change? 
either with as a leader within your team or even to the customers? The customers are completely different, right? Because B2C yeah. is anyone, anyone that has a, uh, well, most people that have a car most likely have a car loan, right? So yeah. uh, anyone on TikTok was your target audience, right? Yeah. Anyone that was <laughs> of age to get a car loan was a potential audience. Whereas our audience today are like chief lending officers, chief technology officers, just a, a, a couple of like specific titles within mm-hmm. uh, a financial institution that really applies our target audience and and frankly speaking the price points are different so when once you're selling yes. enterprise software uh the the weight of that decision is gonna uh, fall in, in a three to four people within an organization there's gonna be a champion and that champion needs to be equipped with all the information they 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 need in order to kind of sponsor that transaction or right? sponsor that that change we we like to make it very simple uh for our partners to kind of transition to us. But then again, they've, uh, the incumbents have not made it easier in the past to go through mm-hmm. the similar processes. So we need to re-educate them. We need, we, we need to partner with them and kind of, it's a consultative approach that takes time. And uh, it's highly personalized, right? It's not something that uh, they just throw an ad on TikTok and all of a sudden you have a five-year contract with with, with a yeah. massive uh, Canadian or US bank, right? So. That, that the go-to-market changes. Uh, it, one of them, you never got to know the customers, and, and this one, you get to know the customers, you get to know their their families, you get to know like their, their aspirations, their objectives as, as an organization, and it's like a, it it makes uh, at the bare minimum, it's like a three to five to ten year relationship with them, right? So yeah, you're in the long haul, and the stakes are pretty high, right? Because some of them are at, a, at an inflection in their careers too. They're not the owner of the company. They're like someone that is like perhaps like really uh, on an upper trajectory organization and they're really betting that that this particular technology is going to enable the organization go to the next level so right. you yeah. need you need to make sure you convey them uh you you convey to them that that what you, the decision that they're going to make and like all the pros that they're going to get uh through your product are aligned with that with that with that set of uh, individual and organizational objectives that they might have, right? So yeah. uh, communications are key. <laughs> and I love that you brought up the word relationship with them because you're right. When it's you know business consumer and user, it's it's completely different. I mean, when you do business to business, you build those relationships because you want the long term business with them. So it does become about learning about their families and. And, you know, maybe it's a dinner out once in a while, whatever that is, to build that relationship for long-term success. So I do like that you brought that up because I think it is a very important difference. I mean, not that we don't want our consumers to feel good about us and our companies and build a relationship, but it's in a different way for sure. How how do you look at communication when it comes to your team with this change that you had to do? Did you have any complications or good news stories to share? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you... As, as I was kind of alluding, right? Like not everyone is going to fully transition from, from that original team, right? So there's difficult decisions. So that how do you communicate that? How do you kind yeah. of explain who stays in and, and who kind of go, needs to go in a different direction? So that entire planning, uh, that entire process of uh, transitioning the direction of the business, it's fundamental to kind of uh, communicate to the teams, hey, this is what we're thinking. This is kind of the proof points that we're, why we're trying to validate on this time, on this mm-hmm. time frame. Uh, these are kind of the ideas that we're, that we're thinking about. And 
keeping them uh, a fully informed. But at the same time, kind of this is not this doesn't even that this 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 I think is helpful advice not only for people that are like in the C-suite but also like managing upwards. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of uh, managing those expectations and telling them, hey, this is what it could happen uh, if this happens, right? But at the right. same time showing them solutions right in advance because sometimes I do remember my early days in my career that you you come you have a bunch of questions and you really don't volunteer that many solutions because you're either too too immature or you're just like at a stage in your career in which no one really cares about your opinion mm-hmm. or at least they are not necessarily asking your opinion but I do think that like what what employees or people above you will appreciate is coming for questions, but also saying like, these are the set of answers uh, that I'm, that I think these are my hypothesis, right? So right. hypotheses are very important because it shows that you're already kind of thinking, but you, you're kind of showing, these are the questions I have, these are the hypotheses, the an- what the answers will be. This is what, what else I need to know. And you just convey that to the, to, to, to the teams. And at the same time, you also need to insul- insulate to some extent the team from like some of the uncertainty you tell them like, this is what we don't know, but mm-hmm. this is what we're doing to find the truth, right? Like seeking the truth is a, a it's a process of teamwork. But I think when you're the leader of an organization, you need to carry the weight of that that truth seeking uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let me ask you: Do you have remote or hybrid or all in-house people or a mix? We have we have a mix, so we have to deal with yeah. the pros and costs of all yeah. of it. Yeah. Do you find that communication is different? depending on who and where they work? Absolutely. Because you don't, uh, I think with someone you're like on a day to day, there's like the opportunity, the water cooler moment, right? Like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And we, we've all had it. And like, it's not that we are, at least generationally speaking, I am, I am not the class of 2020 or 2021 in which I didn't know what it was there before. Mm-hmm. Right. That I'm, I, know how is it to actually be in a full office Office. environment so i i for us it's like we take full advantage of the fact that we can find talent anywhere in the world now Mm -hmm. but i do recognize that like you need to invest more in those relationships and give in order to give them uh much more much better of an experience right because Mm -hmm. otherwise they're alone in their apartments or wherever they're working from then you, they don't have much line of sight, right? Like, is, is, is this person still at work? Have they left? Can I ask them something? Can I send them a WhatsApp? Can I send them a text? Can I send them a Slack message? Mm-hmm. So I do I do think that, like, uh, although it's been, I, I love the fact that we've been able to, like, democratize the access to talent. I still think that, like, whenever possible for companies that we that have the resources, pretty neat uh once or twice a year to like offer the opportunity for employees to actually meet in the real world right like it just mm-hmm. brings uh and ha- that handshake that laughter that uh, breaking bread with someone that i do think that as we're we're humans right like yes. particularly we like camaraderie like, yeah we like camaraderie yeah. like and, and and i think for for my co-founder myself we we have the opportunity to meet our customers right like and of course we want to meet our employees too right because yes. We, 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 our employees make it possible to like make our, our, our clients pretty happy. Right. And like, yeah. they're, it, it's a symbiotic nature of both. Right. So we want to equally spend uh, time with all of them. 
Yeah, and bringing people together once or twice a year too helps with time zone issues if there is any of those. You know, my company was global corporate. And so it's difficult, you know, if you have people over in Asia or India or something and it's 12 hours difference, you know, it's it's difficult. So, yes, I like that's that's something I see a lot of remote companies doing these days. So when you think about your industry in general, is there any major obstacle that you see leaders are currently having? Uh, as it pertains to like the financial institutions and, and like fintech as a whole, um, I I do think that like um, when it co- remote is one of the things that like, also conveying kind of recurring talent. I think it's it's a recurring thing, but I but in particular the level of specialization that our software requires. Back in the day, uh, uh, there was not the tech armors race was not at the same level, right? Like right, you could actually yeah. get a decent tech team that will build this, but the solution, the set of solutions that you need, like the endpoint, the kind of like the bundling that has happened in the sector has created like the need for specialization. So if you're a financial institution uh, trying to like build what we have built, you're going to have to deploy a lot of resources, right? You're going to have to hire a very specific talent that there's, that there's a, uh, a limited amount of, folks that know how to do it well and do it in a right. sustainable fashion and, and do it in, in a way that you can afford it. So I do think that like rec- coming to that recognition that not everything can build in-house is something that I uh, I think that the industry is kind of, kind of struggling to communicate internally is like realizing that, hey, I, these solutions have gotten so complex that although mm-hmm. we could build it, it's going to take years, whereas uh, Fuse or uh, or whoever they they pick, right? Like they they ha- they have a noble solution. It's much better mm-hmm. than the incumbents, and and it's ready, right? So yeah, ha- uh, having getting to that point of realization that takes time. So you need to help them. It's my job to uh, to to uh, allow them to come to that same conclusion, to kind of usher them to that conclusion, right? And give them the facts. Uh, and when the facts change, I hope they change your mind. So <laughs> yes. That's that's it. it uh, that that but it, it, getting to that aha moment takes time, and and uh, and they once they are convinced, they need to convince and evangelize internally, right? So that that mm-hmm. process is probably some of the hardest one to com- communicate w- uh, within an organization, it's particularly uh, as you get as the organization gets larger and larger. Mm-hmm. And and your industry is ever changing, minute by minute. Yeah. In some cases, right, yeah. with softwares yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and regulation it's, and regulation, yes. right? Like regulation is huge, huge. because it's not only like uh, it's not, it's not only a technology, but also like the changes in regulation that make it. When it comes to banks or any of our other type of lenders that we work with, the regulatory framework uh, doesn't allow for mistakes. Right, ninety nine percent correct. Still makes you, means you're failing, <laughs> so you yes. don't pass it. So you you get right. fines and all of that. So uh, the bar is pretty high for excellence here. Absolutely, I can see that with technologies and everything. Like I said, ever changing it, it absolutely is. Yeah, regulatory everything changing every minute. So if we put all these things together and we think about industries like fintech or other technology companies, what do you think is the biggest tip? for leaders in order to lead effectively? 
I would, I mean, I, you, 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 are touching co- in, in communication, right? But like, yeah. that, I think, I think being able to convey a message, uh, relay it, and make it easy to consume, because you can, com- you can communicate quite well, right? But it, 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 or you can just say everything. You just, just do a data dump. But some of the, some of the exercises that we've done as an organization is setting out values, right? Like uh, that asynchronously, like people can uh, actually use that as a roadmap, right? I'm, and I'm talking here internally, right? Like what, mm-hmm. what we've and 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 having that code of conduct, like how, how you make decisions, kind of being super transparent with your employees of what to. Ex- what 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 it what it what it means to work here? How how do you make decisions? How do we code? Um, what is expected? Um, at first sight, it, it it feels like that there that this could come up as an overwhelming amount of information for them uh, and uh, employees. But in reality, is what you're giving them. Is if you kind of you can succinctly explain it in a way that it's not overwhelming, is you're giving them a roadmap to success, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and instead of having a culture of tribal knowledge, you have a culture of leaving a paper trail of what's considered excellent here, right? And when you mm-hmm. do that, um, you create accountability, right? It's because if you say like, you, hey, the, co- the co-founder said that this was the golden standard and like, I've been doing this. And like, I think that that, that creates a, a culture of like we're on the record right as opposed yeah. to saying in 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 your 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 employees are not just second guessing themselves trying to really read our minds because yeah that's yeah. the worst <laughs> that's kind of the worst outcome that could happen right when you actually do not have codified anything mm-hmm. you employ some of some of your employees are going to be naturally more uh they're going to click with you more than others but that's just because like social engineering, whereas when, yeah, you, yeah. When, you actually, when you actually put something written down, you force yourself to say like, this is who I am. This is how I like to work. Uh, and, and in essence, you, 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 you create uh, kind of like the, the, the social fabric of like, this is how we do business. Yeah. Right. And how this, this is how we work here. This is how we expect you to be successful here. Uh, and if you don't like it, at least you know it. Whereas, yes, in exactly. Figure that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about the culture and and yes, you know, the communication, the accountability, the empowerment. I mean, all these great things that you have put into place certainly will will help build and even help sustain and, and retain those employees. So I think you guys are doing a great job with all of that. If our audience wanted to learn more about you or your company. How could they find you online? They can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty good at a respond within 24 hours. Uh, okay. uh, first name is Andres, A-N-D-R-E-S. Last name is Claric, K-L-A-R-I-C. I love pay, paying it forward. So uh, don't be shy. Uh, I'll do my best. And if I don't know the answer, I'll let you know. But in general, I'll do my best uh, to kind of uh, lend a hand and uh, learn from others. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And thanks for an awesome conversation today. Thank you, Tara. I I had a blast. 
And of course, a thank you to our audience as well. We both hope that you were able to take a few takeaways to help you on your leadership journey. If you are a leader who knows that leadership coaching, consulting, or even having a leadership community are the way to grow you on your leadership journey, please visit us at amplifyingleadership.ca, a twin life coaching and business services division. Until next time, please be safe and be an amazing leader or leader to be.